Aren't you glad you got out of bed today? Come on, it's good, isn't it? This idea of holiness is a big deal. And uh, in fact, I want every one of us listening here today to understand something. God wants you to be holy. He has called us to be holy. And that is his greatest desire and plan for your life. When you read the Bible, you're going to find early on in scripture, this idea of holiness set before us. In fact, uh, I want to begin today in the book of Leviticus and kind of what I want us to do today is, is kind of give you an understanding of what holiness is. And in, in the weeks to come, we're going to begin to unpack that a little bit more and see how that plays out and how we can demonstrate this in our day-to-day living. But I want everyone to understand something from the very beginning. God has called us to be holy. In the book of Leviticus, and those of you that were with us, I believe maybe last summer that we read the Bible through in 90 days or summer before last, you, you were doing good till you got to the book of Leviticus. And when you get to Leviticus, it's, it's, it's a hard read sometimes because when you read the book of Leviticus, you find all these regulations and standards that God sets out about what, what temple worship should look like and, 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 and the right way to do it and, and how they should enter. And you find all these things and standards that God sets out and it can become a little mundane and boring. Not to throw the whole book of Leviticus out because I believe maybe around chapter 17 or something, it begins to lay out what what this idea of holiness looks like before us. But but, but something interesting in in, in the first verse or two of of Leviticus chapter 10 is happening. Aaron has has two sons and, and, and don't hate on them because of their names, Nadab and Abihu. I know those aren't popular names in our culture today. Nadab. And Abihu, uh, those aren't popular today, but, 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 but they, they begin to take on this idea of, of coming into the presence of God, worshiping him and, and going through the ritual and the standards, but, 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 but they don't follow through according to the, the map that God has laid out for them. And in, in fact, it, it says, and you don't have this, but, but it, it says that, that they, they put coals of fire in their incense burners and they sprinkled them. Uh, uh, sprinkled the incense over them. But, but in this way, verse two says, they didn't do it the right way. And, and, and they disobeyed the Lord by burning before him the wrong kind of fire, a different fire than he had commanded. He, I could go days on just that brief portion, but, but I'm not. But here's the deal. There are some people, I, I believe that you can have the wrong kind of fire before God. Listen to what I'm saying. There are some of us that have, have been set ablaze by, the, by God. And, and if we're not careful, we can still bring fire that is not the right fire into his presence. We can gather even in places like this and lift our holy hands up just as we sang and say, we want to touch you. We want to touch you only to leave here and go out in the world and drop those hands and curse him. You see what I'm saying? Now, 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 you've got the fire of the Holy Spirit within you, but yet you, 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 you don't live as someone who it's not the right fire. Are you with me there? We can have a misuse and an abuse of this fire that has set us, that has lit us. Anybody lit? Yeah. <laughs> Um, we can have an inappropriate fire. And and, and then Moses reminds Aaron, it says in verse three here in Leviticus 10, he says, this is what the Lord meant when he said, I will display my holiness through those who come near me. I will display my glory before all people. And you could 
could flip over a couple of chapters later in Leviticus 19, and, and, and we're reminded of this verse again. It says, give the following instructions to the entire community of Israel. God says, you must be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. And so listen, that's pretty, for, for those of us who understand English, I want us to get this from the very beginning. God wants us to be holy just as he is holy. And, and, and that's why we're setting out on this journey for the next few weeks to understand what does that mean? What does that look like in the days and times in which we live? And so today we're going to do something a little bit different to get before I, I, I unpack some more of this with you. But, but I found a really cool video uh, that, that I would like to show you today. It's, 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 it's an animated video. Anybody like cartoons? Okay, good. The rest of you are liars because you like them too. You're like, I don't know if I should clap. I'm a full grown man. Do I clap and acknowledge that I like a cartoon? The, the, there, there's a group called the, the Bible Project that I believe illustrates the idea of holiness in an incredible way. Watch this quick video. You've probably heard the word holy before, or at least sang it in a church song once or twice. And for most people, this idea is really just connected to being a morally good person. So God is holy because he's morally perfect. Yeah, that is part of it. But in the Bible, the idea of holiness is even bigger and more rich. What it's really describing is how God is the creative force behind the whole universe. He's the one and only being with the power to make a world full of such beauty and life. And so all these abilities, they make God utterly unique, which is the meaning of the word holy. So a helpful way to think about God's holiness is by using the sun as a metaphor. The sun is unique, at least within our solar system, and it's really powerful. It's the source of all this beautiful life on our planet. And so you could say that the sun is holy. And you can actually take this metaphor even further in that the whole area around the sun is also holy. Yeah, because the closer you get to the sun, the more intense it gets. Yeah, exactly. So that very power and goodness that generates all this life is also dangerous. I mean, the sun, if you get too close, will annihilate you. And in the same way, there's this paradox at the heart of God's own holiness. Because if you're impure, his presence is dangerous to you. And not because it's bad, but because it's so good. And so the first time we see this paradox of God's holiness, it's in the story of Moses and the burning bush. So God tells Moses to take off his sandals because he's standing on holy ground. And Moses covers his face in fear. And God says, hey, don't come any closer. It's intense. It's actually that intensity of God's holiness that's explored even more in the stories about Israel's temple, which was the main place where God's holy presence was located. And at the center of the temple was this room called the most holy place. It's the hot spot of God's presence. And whether you're an Israelite living in the land around the temple or a priest working right in the temple, you're in proximity to God's holy presence, which is dangerous. Yeah, this is a problem. So how's it supposed to work? Well, in the Bible, the solution is that you need to become pure. So like being morally pure. Yeah, and that's easy enough to understand. But the Bible spends a lot of time talking about another kind of purity being ritually pure, which is a state where you separate yourself from anything related to death, like touching things like diseased skin or dead bodies or even certain bodily fluids. All these make you impure. 
And becoming ritually impure isn't necessarily sinful. What's wrong is waltzing into God's presence when you're in an impure state. And so that's why God gave the Israelites very clear instructions for knowing when they were impure, steps to become pure, so that they could go into the temple again. So that's what the book of Leviticus is about. Right. But it doesn't stop there. This idea keeps developing. So later in the scriptures, we find this really interesting story by a prophet named Isaiah. And he has this crazy vision where he's in the temple and he's right in God's presence. He's totally terrified. Yeah, he knows the rules. He shouldn't even be in there. And he's worried about being destroyed. And then this crazy creature called a seraphim. Yeah, that is a crazy creature. (laughs) Totally. So it flies over with a hot coal and then it sears Isaiah's lips with the coal and says something really weird. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. So this burning coal somehow makes Isaiah pure. Yeah, it's remarkable because normally if you touch something impure, it transfers its impurity to you. But now here's this new idea where you have this coal, this very holy and pure object, and it touches Isaiah and it transfers its purity to him. Isaiah is not destroyed by God's holiness. He's transformed by it. I mean, the implications of this are just huge. But there's one more development, this time from another prophet, Ezekiel. And he has this vision where he's standing at the temple and he sees water trickling out from it. And then that water turns into a stream and then it grows into a deep river that starts flowing through the desert, leaving this trail of green trees behind it. And then it flows into the Dead Sea, making everything fresh and alive. So instead of becoming pure first and then going into the temple, here God's holiness comes out from the temple, making things pure and bringing them to life. What does it all mean? So we don't know until we meet this man, Jesus. And he claims that he's fulfilling all of these ancient visions, but in surprising new ways. So Jesus, he went around touching people who are impure, people with skin diseases, a a woman with chronic bleeding or dead people. And when he touches them, their impurity should transfer over to Jesus. But instead, Jesus' purity transfers to them and actually heals their bodies. Jesus is like that holy coal in Isaiah's vision. Right. And Jesus claimed that he was the human embodiment of God's own holiness and that he and his followers were now God's temple so that through them, God's holy presence would go out into the world and bring life and healing and hope. And so this is why Jesus described his followers as having streams of living water flowing out of them. So this is our part of the story where we find ourselves now, but... Where's this all heading? So the last pages of the Bible end with a final vision about God's holiness. This time it's by a guy named John. And in his vision, we see the whole world made completely new. The entire earth has become God's temple. And Ezekiel's river is there flowing out of God's presence, immersing all of creation, removing all impurity and bringing everything back to life. I love that. Great illustration. God says you are to be holy as I am holy. So what does that mean? Well, let's dive in a little bit today and and begin to understand a little bit more. But but when you, when you, when you, any good scholar, when you look at that word holy in scripture, you will, you will know that it means sacred. It means that something is, it's, it's, it's set apart from, from things that are unholy and, and, and it's sacred 
for a holy God. Let, let, can we just be honest and be real today, right? We, we, we live in a culture and in a world today that is not holy. The opposite of not holy or the, the opposite of holy would be unholy, correct? And if we're not careful, it is so easy for you and I as, as again, God wants us to be holy. Be holy as I am holy. This is my desire and dream for you. It is so easy for us to live in a culture that is unholy, to be sucked into that culture and to become just like it. We've made a mess out of this thing, haven't we? Because it's, it's so hard sometimes today to, to look at people who, who have been touched that, that, that should be pure and it's hard to find them because there's just no difference between a, between a lot of us and the rest of the world. But that word holy means to be sacred. It means to be set apart. In, in fact, when you, when you look in the original Old Testament, that word holiness, it means to cut or, or to separate. Listen, believer in Jesus Christ, those of you that have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, we are to be separate from the world. Paul would later go on to write in the New Testament, you're to be in the world, but, but not of it. There ought to be a noticeable difference in us. Remember in Acts, we looked at it a few weeks ago, that those apostles, the, the, the religious leaders said, we can see that they are unschooled, untrained, ordinary men. And we can see this. They have been with Jesus. Would that be said of you? Hey, are you so set apart? Are you different? Is, is there this, J Jesus, in fact, Jesus would say in John chapter 15, when he's the illustration of a vine and a branches, right? I'm the vine, he says, and you are the, the branches. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing, right? And you remember what Jesus says, the illustration that, that a branch that doesn't produce fruit should be what? Cut off. It's, it's of no use. It's, it's, it's worthless. I just wonder, and this is, uh, this, is just, this is just the Holy Spirit talking right now, but I just wonder how God views those of us who have been touched by him through Jesus that we don't live any differently. And I just wonder how he views us. Are we a branch that should just be, I don't, I, I heard uh, when I was in high school, I heard a speaker one time say, this is, if you're going to call yourself a Christian, live like one. If you're, if you're not going to live like one, don't call yourself one because you're only hurting the rest of us. You need to understand holiness is God's plan and desire for us, that we should be separate from, from, from everything else and, and, and the world around us. Do, do you know how God sees you, Christian? He sees you as the Greek word hagios, hagios. That means you are a saint. That means you have been sanctified. You are set apart. You've been cleansed. You've been set free. Remember we talked about last week, our word for the year here at 1910 is what? transformation. That's what Jesus does for someone. When Jesus comes into someone's life, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, I, uh, he, he, he makes the old things new. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things pass away. Here's what I think God sees when he looks on our world today. He sees us, the saints, the hagios, those that have been sanctified. He sees so many of us not living any differently, not living separated from the rest of the world. 
And, and I just wonder if, if, if we might be a part of that illustration when, when it's, it's that illustration of a dog returning to its vomit. You see, that's what so many of us do. We go back to those old ways of living. We remember how we used to be. We, we, we still do those same things BC days, before Christ days. And we, 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 it's a struggle, isn't it? Paul even says, I find myself doing those things that I know I shouldn't, those things that are wrong. But that's what so many of us are doing today. That's why we need a, a, a focus on, oh, what does it mean for us to live holy lives? God, what is this standard? What is this thing called holiness that you're calling? But I want you to know, if you are in Christ, he doesn't see you as unclean. He doesn't see you as a sinner. He sees you as a saint. You're hagios. You've been sanctified. And because of that, we should live differently. We should be different, set apart. We cut ourselves off from the ways we, yes, we are in the world, but man, make no mistake about it. We are not of it. I know Leviticus might not be something you go back and read after our time together today. I've already ruined that for you. I apologize, Father, but it is good. You ought to read it. But, but if you could read something this week to kind of get you ready for where we're headed over the next weeks, I would encourage you to go to the book of First Peter. Uh, in fact, I want to read a, a, a few passages if I can today. You guys okay with the Bible? You okay with the Word of God? I want to read a few verses from the book of First Peter because I believe that not only does he remember what God says back in Leviticus about being holy and that we're called to do that, but he begins to lay out for us what that looks like. And over the next few weeks, we're going to begin to unpack that for you. Because I don't want this just to be some pipe dream or a cute video that we show on a, on a screen. I want this to become, because I believe God wants it to become, who we are. That we live differently. In 1 Peter chapter 1, um, uh, man, that's, that is small print. <laughs> Beginning in verse 15, Peter would say, so think clearly and exercise self-control. Anybody need some of that today? No. Okay, great. First service was a mess. They were full of, first service was filled with all the self-absorbed people. And so think clearly and exercise self-control. Look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So here we go. Verse 14. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything. Just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, remember what it said in Leviticus, guys? Remember, you must be holy because I am holy. You flip the page to 1 Peter chapter 2 and in verse 5, he would say, and now you are the living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. Listen, for those of you that have said yes to Jesus Christ, you're saint, you're hagios, you're living stones. God is using you to build his temple. What's more, you are his holy priest. Come on. Somebody starts talking trash about you, Christians say, uh, you don't understand. I am pretty priestly. <laughs> My pastor called me a saint. No, no, God calls you that, Christian. You're hagios. He calls you that. Quit being the dog returning to vomit. Act like a priest. Act like a saint, Peter would say. 
What's more, you are holy priest through the, through the mediation of Jesus Christ. You offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Hey, hey, drop down the verse nine there in first Peter two it says you, you, you are not like that. You, you are a chosen people. Come on, Christian. You're worth something. God has chosen you. You belong to him. If God is for us. What can separate us from the love of God? Can anything? Nothing. You're his. You may not act like it all the time. You might act like the devil sometimes. And I'm just praying that you would awaken to this reality of who you are today. The old is gone and the new has come. You need to live in that newness. You are royal priests. You're a holy nation. God's very own possession. And as a result, you, you, you can, can, I can't read that. You, you, as a, you can show others the goodness of God. For he's called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. And once you had no identity, oh yeah, you did have an identity, sinner. But that's gone. You are now God's people. And once you've received, once you received mercy, you had no mercy, but now you've received God's mercy. And dear friends, I want to warn you. As temporary residents and foreigners, we did a series a few years ago at Christmas called Weirdos. You remember that? It's from this. We ought to live differently. We ought to live a little weird. We should not look like the world. You should stand out. We need a t-shirt. Weirdos. Creative team. Weirdo. Let's make a weirdo. You're foreigners. You're aliens. You should keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Are you beginning to see, guys, as saints and sons and daughters and priests, as a holy people, as a chosen, listen, we should be set apart. We should live differently. Whether you're watching online or whether you're listening here in the house today, God's desire is for you to be holy. Let me ask you a question today. You ready? This is that gut punch moment. I apologize, but I don't. How is holiness being seen in your current day-to-day living? How is it? Mm. Today, instead of giving a motorcycle away, we're all going, we're going to give every one of you a GoPro. We want you to take it home and just hit record. I want to follow you throughout your life this week. We're going to gather those GoPros back and then we're going to compile the tape and we're just going to watch videos of how you live. No, we're not going to do that. It's not for us to judge. My job's to love, right? But how are you doing when it comes to this idea of holiness? Is the life that you're currently living on a day-to-day basis bringing honor and glory to God? Are you putting... Jesus Christ on display. And when others look at you, do they see the presence of a holy God in you? Keep in mind, we are not good enough to come into his presence. Ah, but he made a way. You're a saint. You're Haggai. You're a saint. And as saints and priests, we live differently. Well, how can I? 
an imperfect, unholy person come into the presence of God. Ah, aren't you thankful for as the video reminded us of what Jesus has done for us. You see, normally when you touch unclean things, you become unclean, but Jesus, God in the flesh, came to us. You see, that's what God has done. He he made a way for you, unholy, to become holy. And it's found through the person of Jesus. Do you remember the old story we used to hear as kids about King Midas? Everything that King Midas touched turned into. And I'm just telling you that everything that Jesus touches and every person that Jesus touches is made clean it's made holy you see he entered the heavenly holy of holies for you and I and that rift that you and I had as imperfect unholy dirty sinful people that rift between us and a holy perfect God oh Jesus bridged that gap and he gave you and I the opportunity to be made there is an opportunity for every one of us listening today for, for that, the, 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 the dirtiness of your life, the, 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 the unholiness of every part of you to be washed away and make and it's found not by you working harder, coming more, giving more. No, no, no. What, what, what makes you right, unholy person, is what you will do with Jesus. Will you accept what God set in motion for you to, to bring a sinful, broken humanity back into his, his relation, a relationship? With him? Will you accept that gift known as Jesus, his, his death on the cross? You see, Scripture says that it's by his stripes we've been healed. Scripture says that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of our sinfulness and our dirtiness. But Jesus gladly went to the cross and he laid down his life and he bled and he died so that you could be made whole and clean and new. So really it's up to you today whether you pursue holiness or not. First of all, what will you do with Jesus? Will you let him come into your life and be Lord and Savior of your life maybe for the very first time here today? Or for maybe those of you that have already tasted and seen that the Lord is good and you've said yes to him. Hey, will you allow the Holy Spirit of God to expose and illuminate, spotlight some things in your life that you know, you know it. Don't need no video camera. You know. Will you let the Holy Spirit of God purify you? And will you once again set back out on this journey of holiness? Would you stand with me today? Ministry team, join me down front if you don't mind. Because I believe today that there's someone here that needs to say yes to Jesus for the first time. And and let me just make this last statement with you. Throw that slide back up there. Jesus is the only one who can make us holy enabling us to stand in the presence of God. You see, for some of you today, your journey towards holiness starts by saying yes to Jesus for the very first time. That's why we're down front. That's why Candy's here. And this is Courtney. Maybe there's a lady here in the room today saying, you know what? I've heard the stories. I've been to services on Easter and I know that a baby born in a manger, I know all of that, but I've never given my life to Jesus. Hey, Candy and Courtney would love, love to share with you what that means or Maybe you're here today and this is Robert and 
Raleen Luna. Maybe you're here today and, you, and you're, you, the enemy is just dogging you with this guilt by how you're not living your life. And maybe you would just love for the Lunas just to pray over you today and encourage you. Listen, please hear my heart. If we're gonna hear this time and time again, but let me say it right now, week one. Holiness does not mean perfection. Because you know what? You will never be perfect. You won't. That's why we need Jesus. And we need the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness that flows from Calvary. Are you with me there? But that doesn't mean that we should not strive to be holy as it says, as he is. So Father, that's my prayer for all of us listening today, live in the house or live via stream. Lord, I pray that our hearts desires, people that have been the recipients of your great love, blessings time and time again. Father, I pray that we would understand the mandate on our lives. We are called to be holy as you are holy. Set apart. Different. Lord, if there's things in our lives that are not of you, I pray that we would cut those things out. Cut it out! Stop it! Let us be who you've called us to be. All for your glory. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you. You're dismissed.